Okay, I'm just getting myself a little organised here. I'm going to speak on a, a series, I start a series this, this morning on Unstoppable God. Maybe you say the Unstoppable God. And I want to do that because I want to lead into a series that really starts to speak about where we are at as a church. Not just us, the church, globally. And I think we're in a very important time right now to uh, get a sense of what God is saying and doing uh, through the church and through you and me. So I hope this morning we can, we can do that. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time together and the beautiful time we've had to worship and pray and sing and reflect and pray. Uh, for those who are in need, Father, we thank you that you encourage us to reach out to you all the time, any time, uh, in, in the name of Jesus Christ. And so Lord, we pray today that this would be a day that you would speak to us. There are probably parts of this message that might not resonate so much, but there are elements, Lord, where maybe you just want to uh, help us to bring special attention or focus to in our own lives. So help us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, Amen. So, so this series is, is going to probably go in some places where maybe you haven't uh, probably heard or maybe considered in recent times. So I'm not here to, to bring any new word or new revelation, but I hope today that we would glean into it. I don't know about you, but I know when I talk to people, ministers, pastors, leaders, different, uh, different, different movements or different denominations, we talk about at times their sense of God is moving. And, and, and I suppose it's a, it's a bit of a weird sort of word, isn't it? It's a weird description when we, when we think of that. It's like God is here or God is moving, and it can conjure up different ideas or different thinking for, for particular people. And so that may have a bit of a, a different thinking on what does that mean. I don't know about you, but when I, or someone says to you, you know, God is moving, or God is moving in this church, or God is moving on this person, or God is moving through this ministry, what do you think when you hear that? Oh yeah? Oh hum? Well, that might be true. Is that right? Maybe. Maybe not. I think we all come away going, what does it really mean when we start to talk about God is moving? God is present. God is, God is ever present. And I suppose I want to just unpack that a little bit to understand where the church is. The New Testament church. And we're going to lead that to the next little, little bit. So this is really, this message today is simply the introduction, okay? That's, that's all I've got for you, okay, for today. So I hope it's, uh, it's enough. So an unstoppable, when I, when I think about God being an, an unstoppable God, uh, I, I think we could, we could probably have some great discussion on that. I think what it does say, it says a lot about God's heart and God's nature. See, God is always moving. His kingdom is always advancing. We've been singing about that this morning. We heard that through the scripture. There's nothing in heaven or on earth can stop or forward the movement and progression of God. Or can there? We cannot stop God, what God is doing, no matter what man or woman or government does on the face of the planet. Job confessed, I know that you can do anything and your plans are unstoppable. That was Job's confession. And we think of unstoppable meaning impossible to stop or prevent, unbeatable, invincible, Supreme, unrelenting, showing of or no promising uh, of abatement of intensity, strength, 
or pace. So when we think in terms of unstoppable, that who can really stop God? If we're worshipping a God that is the supreme being and entity, as we can understand, what does that mean? And is there, is there a flaw? Is there a limitation in God that we don't know? Was not revealed to us? Some, some think so. I personally don't. Our unstoppable God, let's understand this, our unstoppable God is a creative God. It is his nature. This is how he's revealed himself to us and is very, very much creating a work within us in you and me right now. Well, I've got uh, Tozer says this. He says, God being who he is cannot cease to be what he is. And being what he is, he cannot act out of character within himself. He is at once faithful and immutable or unchangeable. So that all his words and acts must be and remain faithful. We read in Acts 17, for him, you and I, as the church, the new covenant church, for him we live and move and have our being. It speaks of uh, existing and understanding our knowing and purpose because of God. So in him, in Christ, we live and move and have our being. We learn in Genesis 1, just from Genesis 1, that God created the heavens and the earth and the galaxies. But God just... This is the, the power and awesomeness of our God. In 1 Chronicles, and there's so many verses, but for the time of this. In 1 Chronicles 16, 26, For all the gods of the people were our idols, but the Lord made the heavens. We read in scripture of God, having by his hands laying out the stars in his fingerwork. And, and moving and, and doing things. And we, we wonder, so God is active. God is a creative God. God is always on the move. Not only is he moving, but he's also moulding and shaping things to come. I love it on the confession uh, of Peter. And Jesus said this, and yes, Peter, I will build my church. So we understand that that God is not just... uh, a figure of maybe our imagination. He's not the stuff that's rigid and stone. But he is a creative God. We go on, um, so we see God is building his church. We read in John 5, Jesus also says, My father is always working, and so am I. So we get the sense that God is not stagnant and, and, and and disconnected from us, but he's very much engaged in the sense of being who he is, and the sense of the side of creativeness. That not only what he did, but what he's doing and what he will do. And that's really important to understand if we think in terms, as we've been singing, if God is an unstoppable God. Because he's creative. He has power to create. What we're seeing with this creativity of God in creation in creating, as he created the heavens and the earth, but he's also working in us. God is leading his people. God is speaking to you and I as his people. And to those who don't even know him, which is my experience of hearing the voice of God, the audible voice of God, outside, not the inner, but the outside of my ears, I heard God speak to me. I wasn't a Christian. And we get a sense that God is speaking and providing because God is a God who's on the move. 
And then God does something almost again as He does outside the box, something magnificent. He imparts His Spirit to us. He gives us a part of Himself that we can hold and possess and know and get to, possess is probably not a great word, but get to, get to be in fellowship with. He imparts His Spirit to help us as His people so that we could know Him more deeply, to follow Him more closely and to release His presence and power through us for the sake of others. So God is a creative God. And there's, there's a lot of scripture and a lot of content we could, we could look at that. But just to set this up, we're going to learn about why is God unstoppable? Because he is, he is a creative God. And that leads us to the next point. In John 6.57, just as the living Father, Jesus is speaking about, I am the bread of life, has sent me, I, and I have life because of the Father. This is Jesus speaking. So whoever feeds upon me will also live because of me. How do you like that? I love that. So here we go. Our nourishment and source of spiritual life and physical life is found in Jesus. And that leads us to the sense that our God is a living God. Peter makes the most significant declaration back in, in Matthew 16. Peter said this, you are the Christ. Who, who are people saying that I am, Jesus said? Who, 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 what are you hearing? I want to know what you're hearing. What, tell me what, you, what you're thinking, what you're hearing. And Peter says, well, Peter was always the spokesman. He just liked to hear quick answers and probably didn't think about it always until a bit later on. A bit like me, maybe. But anyway, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah or the Christ. And he says, get this, we, we miss this. We, we focus on the Christ and the Messiah part. He says, the Son of the living God. I think that's powerful. I think it's a powerful reality right there. That confession, you are the living God. You are a higher order of essence of being, of existence, that we very rarely can understand fully. However, you are not limited, you are limited sorry, by, by time, distance, space and matter. And we go on. So friends, yes, God is moving. He's moving upon his churches. Moving upon his sons and daughters, I said churches of the local church. He's moving upon you and I. He's moving upon people. He's moving right now upon nations like Africa. Oh my goodness. And the Asia Pacific. He's moving in, in, in ways just unfathomable. Many, we've got a friend who's just over in Africa at the moment doing some ministry with a team. And they're seeing thousands and thousands of decisions being made for Jesus. There is a revival. There are hungry. They will travel all day, two days, three days to get to one place and they will worship like... And people, and they're bringing their friends and family communities and people are seeing decisions. Decisions are being made today in many nations right around the world because God is a living God. And he's revealing himself and he's showing who he is through his people and through the invitation to meet him. And he is calling us we learn he's preparing us, he's filling us, he's refilling us, he's restoring us, he's renewing us, and he's transforming us even right now, even maybe here in this moment. God will, however, always manifest himself where he is sought. In other words, where he feels invited, where he feels wanted. Something about when we speak in terms of God is moving. There is a presence, a deeper sense of awareness and presence of God that we can experience. We can experience that when we pray. We experience that when we come together. In Deuteronomy 4 it says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, 
You will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. When I've spoken to people, and I've, sometimes in my own life, I've felt like, Lord, you are away from me. We know the reality is God is not away from me. I'm away from God. I've stepped away. I've pulled back. Maybe it's life, maybe it's, it's the problems and hassles of life and the things that we get to experience sometimes can just draw us away from a sense of knowing the intimacy that God has invited us into. But some will say, I thought God was omnipresent. I was all present. And Psalm 139 verse 7 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? So let's hold that thought. See, religion presents a God who is limited, structured and contained, wood, stone and marble. But the Bible presents us a God who is active and living and moving and working. Why would we come together if that wasn't the case? Why would we sing our praises? Why would we take the time to come out today if we do not believe that God is not only a creative God, but he's a living God? I am not living on the memory of last year or 10 years or 20 years or 30 something years when I gave my life to Jesus. I'm not, that's not the memory that I'm, I'm hoping and building on. I'm building on the moment now because God is ever present. And I know many of you are doing that. Some churches, some places, they're that, that, worshipping a God that, that was, not that a God that is. And now, as we read before. Psalm 86, 10 says, For you are great and you do marvellous things. Look at that. You are great. What a great declaration. We've been singing about you are great, you are holy, you are worthy. And then it says, And you do marvellous things. God is ever present. He's working. He, why do we pray? As I said, why would we pray if it's just a wooden stone? We're praying to a living Father, living God. Living entity, known and revealed for the Trinity, we're praying to the great I Am, which speaks of ever-present. And we could go on and on for Scripture, but we know that we hear these words again and again in Scripture. He who formed you, created you, he fashioned you, he calls you, he walks with you, he leads you, he guides you, he comforts you. This is a personal God. God personified, made in the flesh. And we see this as we see Jesus and look into the scriptures. He was made of flesh and dwelt amongst us. And he now dwells with us and he ushers in, as we heard in the scripture before, one of David's last psalms. David is rejoicing. He's giving glory. He's thinking about all the good things, not only that God has done, but what we should do now is give God praise and glory for who he is. And that his kingdom will know no end. There will be no end to his kingdom. Because he's saying, oh, this God is a God who is unstoppable because he is a creative God. He is a living God. I wonder how many people know that in our community. I wonder sometimes they think the religion in the terms of, of us as Christians, however they want to frame it, uh, is there and boring. And like there's no life about, about it. That should never be the case. That should never be said of us. Not at all. Never. We know that God invites us into a place of presence. But what invites us more into that sense of knowing is prayer and hunger. See, God wants to be known by you. 
and he seeks to be known because he knows us. This is a covenant God in Jeremiah 31. I know I have a few scriptures in the introduction. Okay. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. But this is the covenant, what? That I will make. And I was intending what I will do. So God is moving, God is making with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will, here we go, I will do something. I will put my law in their minds. And then God says, I will write. I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God. Again, I will be this living God, ever-present God, and they shall be my people. What a beautiful passage of scripture. We're reminded in Hebrews that the scripture says that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So while God is everywhere, omnipresent, his presence is everywhere, his circumference is nowhere, he is always with us. We heard something I think last week about never being alone from Graham, what Graham had shared, that we're never alone and God's spirit is with us. But God is not restricted by the laws of nature or the laws of thermodynamics. He is above these elements and definitions. Spurgeon said the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the modest, modest um, philosophy which can ever engage the attention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work and the doings and the existence of the great God whom Jesus calls his Father and whom we call his Father. Next we know that this, our unstoppable God calls us to deeper. Ephesians 1 17, Paul says, and I keep asking. So we learn again, Paul's praying here. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that you may know him better. What a wonderful invitation. We speak about this in growing deeper, knowing Jesus more, because it's real and it can happen. And I'm thanking God that it's my, my day. 55, I'm still learning about the presence of God. I'm still learning about the love and the, and the deepness of intimacy with the Father. In this context, Paul is stating that the knowledge of God is, is, is a deep spiritual knowing. It is a deep experimental knowledge of God that is not gained by intellectual ability, but by the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit. Paul says you may be born again, you may be spiritual, but it's the Holy Spirit who seeks to impart a clearer vision, a stronger love and a greater sense of purpose that it may be revealed in us. Ephesians verse 18, sorry, Ephesians 1 verse 18, one verse after. And then Paul prays again, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you. Paul is saying that the eyes of our heart need to be open. Open to what? Well, the word enlightenment means spiritual awareness. To be spiritually informed, to see and have light enter in. So in order for you and I to know the hope that he has for us, of which he has called us, this is the context. See, that I pray that the eyes of your heart may be spiritually, what? Have a spiritual awareness and be informed in order that you may know the hope of which he has called us. This is really important. We want to have purpose. Are we just living life? Are we just going through the, through the mill? Well, sometimes it can feel like that. 
Sometimes life can feel mundane, but we have the promise of God inviting us to go deeper and calling us to go deeper. There's just so much to unpack here. God has revealed a thousand things that shall never be understood or known, but yet with a tender and open heart. In Acts 11, Peter is speaking. He says, as I began to speak, speaking of what happened just a few moments earlier, the Holy Spirit came upon them as he had come upon them at the beginning. Then I remembered what the Lord had said. John baptised with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. So, he, so if God gave them the same gift he gave us who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to think that I could stand in God's way? So Paul is giving a, a, almost a sense of defence about what God's outpouring. Well, we, we heard about it and this is what was said and then we actually witnessed it and we saw this outpouring of God and God was moving and I, and I really don't understand it but this is what we, we understand. This is what we said. This is what we, we heard. And if God gave them the same gift he gave those of us who believe in Jesus Christ, Paul, Peter is saying, who am I to stand in the way of God? He's, almost, he's declaring, our God. He's declaring to everyone, our God is unstoppable. Who am I to stand in the way of God? And if, and if, it were not open, if we are not open to God's word, God's work and God's wisdom, well, that will be on us. That will be on us. Because not only, not only I, but nobody can stop this work. This work that Peter's saying is, it means forbid, stand against, restrain, deny and refuse what God is doing. He says, who am I to get in the way if I could get in the way? But who am I to even dare to think that I could do that? See, God is creative. Peter is saying, God is unstoppable. I like in Acts 5, and I think the name is, uh, the, the member of the Sanhedrin was greatly respected in Acts 5, Gamaliel, and he's giving a, a defence, and they arrest the disciples, and they um, put them in jail, and there's a whole commotion going on because there was works and God was moving and there's things happening and the, and the religious people didn't like it and they're like, no, we don't like this. And so they're quite concerned and so they get together and he speaks up and he says, you know what, there's already been two works happened but they died, they came to nothing. The two movements that had begun have died. So remember that. So if this, is, if this is one of those moments, then don't worry about it, it's going to die at its own death. But if it is God... How can we stop that? This is what he declared in Acts chapter 5. See, God is creative, active and living. He's eternal, unlimited and unstoppable. He know, has no needs and is dependent on no one. Yet God invites us into a space. At a specific time, in a momentary glory, he reveals himself as the only true God. And then he gives us everything we need to help live this life and call a mission that he has called us unto. With the help of his spirit. We learned of the new wine. I won't go too much into new wine. We've spoken about that. But it speaks about this new sense of Jesus is ushering in not to try and take something and, and revisit it and, and redo do this and remake it. He was introducing a new covenant. And this is Jesus. When he had time, he had to speak into this. And he speaks about this new covenant and this new wine in Luke 5. And we can go on about this sense of fresh revelation. There's a sense of freshness about time. 
I think you and I know that, that if, if our relationship with Jesus is real, and if it's a daily experience, it, it is that. It is, there is something that, of God in that space. When you wake up, I, I, I woke up this morning and I heard God speak to me, just a couple of words. But I just felt, straight away, I just wake up and go, that was interesting. Why would I be thinking that? Had to relate to my message today. I'm like, well, okay. Wasn't, wasn't expecting that. And I've got to learn to expect more of the unexpected. I think we all do. I think we don't. God doesn't want us to get stuck and go, well, we, we hear these great reports. That was the challenge of Gideon. Gideon held, held in his heart all these great things that have happened and our fathers have spoken about. And he says to the angel, where are they now? He was pent up and frustrated. He's going, where is this God that we've heard about our fathers? We, we, we've carried on the name of our God. Where is he? It feels like he's, we're, all, we're, we're in bondage. We're, I'm having to, to do this work at night and in secret. It just says, like, where is God in this? And sometimes we do feel like that. Where is God in this? But God is with us. And we must never lose that promise and that embrace. Who remembers when we talk about the new wine? It re- represents this divine presence. This empowering of what God wants to do. There's a lot to that. Do you remember years ago when there wasn't drums in church? Who remembers that? Oh, yeah. Well, many of you. <gasps> years ago, women... Weren't even allowed to speak, let alone preach. Can you believe that? Have fun with that one. Oh, my goodness. Women were only allowed to bring the flowers in, the flowers out, ready for Sunday service, and get the cups and teas, and we're like, what? Okay, maybe I'm just a bit close here, I'm getting a bit raw. Okay, I better, I better back away, back away, Louis. Don't start any fights. Don't start any arguments today. Not today. The wine skin, wine skin speak of a, a present momentary vessel that contains wine. But our call is to be carriers of new wine. Our unstoppable God enables us to be ministers of a new covenant. Look at this in 2 Corinthians 3.6. He has enabled us. Who's, who's that? That's us. That relates to us. To be ministers of this new covenant. This is a covenant not written by what? Laws, but by the Holy Spirit or by the Spirit of God. The old written covenant ends in death, but under the new covenant, the Spirit is life. Now, God is created God. God is a living God. God is drawing us into a relationship with Him. He has no needs, but he, he desires that for us, for our benefit, for our fulfillment, for our reason, for our purpose. For our sense of meaning, it's beautiful. It's a wonderful invitation. It's, I'm not a great. At, I'm not a romantic at heart. This is this is romance here right now. I don't want it. It's just beautiful how God keeps wooing us and wanting for us in that sense to know Him. Whom has God enabled? You and I. We are enabled by the Holy Spirit. To be living in this fullness and expressions, this Godhead in human relationships. The new church is the, is the well I say new church, new wine is the, the church. It is coming of age. It is maturing. It is a movement of God's people led by the King of Kings in order to build up each other. We, know to take on, we are to take on board what Jesus said because it has some relevance. Says, of course it does. Because as go to leaders, so goes the church. 
This applies to business, it applies to family, it applies to local church. So the solution to sometimes our, our current situation is that we've got to return to Jesus. And we heard this this morning, Jesus' pattern of church and family and life and even governance. We need to believe this in order to be ready for whatever God may want to do. So I close with these words. It's my introduction. What did we learn today? Well, if you didn't have a sleep, you learned that God is an unstoppable God. God is a creative God. He is a living God. He's a God who's always on the move. He's always calling us into deeper with him. As he's revealed himself as a personal loving God. God loves us so much and his plan and purpose is to be amongst us. Being formed in us as we follow him. Well, that's a tough call sometimes to be like Jesus. But sometimes in my day I don't feel like being really like Jesus. I want to be like nasty Louis. Anyway, God is a living God. Sometimes. I haven't had any road rage since lately. But anyway, he knows our circumstances. That's a whole other conversation. I'm being healed with that. Our pain, he knows our hurts. As I said, he is the great I am. He's given us the Holy Spirit because he knows that we need his help. He fills us, he enables us, he empowers us. Really, in a real sense, he completes us. Peter reminds us that the outpouring of the Holy Spirit is unstoppable. The movement of God is unstoppable. The church, the body of Christ, should be, is meant to be, unstoppable. Maybe you should, don't feel like you're unstoppable right now, but you can be. I know when we're not well, we're not doing great, we feel like anything can stop us. I had the man flu a couple of weeks ago, and my goodness, I thought, beam me up Scotty, you know what I mean? I'm like, uh, not really, but had one. That, anyway, this new wine is God reshaping things to come. It's his way of, of, of moulding us into his plan and purpose, because there is a plan and there is a purpose. God has a will for each one of us, and, and for UBC as a family. What is that purpose we need to trust his leading in? What does that look like we need to rely on him to lead us clearly? As we become one people moving in one direction with Christ, he is leading us in that way. Before I pray, I mentioned... I forgot to mention just something up here. I wanted to, to just highlight if I can find it. This is me pause. I don't know why I've lost it in this scripture. But when we speak of God moving, we speak in terms of a specific moment, a specific time with a specific people, that God can do something. And I pray that we're open and we're ready. I want to be ready. I don't want to be... Like what Peter said, who am I to stop God? I don't know what that really means in, its, in, in, the, in the fullness of what does that apply to my life, maybe in your life. But there are times where I felt when I haven't been close to God, what is it in my life or what is it stopping me from knowing you more? What have I done? Is this, and I'll go and I'll start thinking, is there a sin? Reveal to me, Father, what I have done. Bring it to remembrance. Is there something in my life that I'm, I'm not aware of? Have I taken something on board I shouldn't? Am I upset about something or someone? What is it? Because I don't want that in me. 
because that will make me be someone I'm not meant to be. And how will I ever get to know who you are when I'm trying to reframe and reform myself into the stuff of life when that shouldn't be? And I think we all need to be open. Lord, is there anything? Is there anything in me? In any way? Anything that stops and hinders you? I close with this. Sorry, I'm going to take one more moment. And I'll say this. I came across this the other day and I thought I'd read that to you. I think it's a prophetic word. It might be just an encouragement. I'm not entirely sure. But this is what it says. Beloved, as in God speaking to us, my grace is unstoppable. My goodness is unstoppable. My mercy is unstoppable. My glory is unstoppable. My power is unstoppable. I am the unstoppable God. I'm the same yesterday, today and forever. And I shall make known to men my mighty acts and the glorious splendour of my kingdom. My kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and my dominion endures throughout all generations. Do not walk by what you see or hear or feel in the natural because but perceive what I'm doing in the spirit. I shall repeat my awesome deeds on your day. My child, my spirit is moving across this earth and I will not be stopped. I will not be thwarted in my good plans for you. I am he who is faithful and true. I am faithful in word, in deed, and gracious in all my ways. Think about what this might mean for you. I uphold you. Uh, I uphold all those who fall. This is beautiful. Let me say this again. I uphold all who fall, and I lift up all who are bowed down. Gee, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I am the creator. I faint not, nor do I grow weary. I give power to the faint, and I give to you what... Uh, those who have no might. I increase strength. I deliver my people. I save my anointed ones. And there was some more, but just to close with that. Let us bow our heads and close our eyes and invite the team to come up. Oh, Heavenly Father. This is just the introduction. Wow. You're an unstoppable God. The people like to mock and rule and ridicule. And then, Lord, we can hold our heads up high because we know who you are. Don't stop all because you love us so much and you keep creating and you keep working and you keep renewing in us and in creation. Don't stop all because you are a living God. That dead God, you're not marble and stone, but you're a real and you live in our hearts. And we can know you every day and talk to you and be with you. We thank you that you're drawing us closer. We thank you that you've called us to be ministers, or each one of us to be ministers of a new covenant, a new way of seeing what your glory would do when it's poured down afresh upon hearts and minds and lives and communities. So today, Lord, I ask that you help us. Lord, remove anything in us that is restrictive to your will and ways. Lord, any thoughts that will hinder your love from transforming our lives and Lord anything that inhibits our fellowship together and to reach our community heal us this day Lord minister refreshing to our hearts in Jesus name Amen